0: This is Kevin Dobbs, Associate Markets Editor with Natural Gas Intelligence. Welcome to the Hub & Flow podcast. NGI is an independent news and price reporting agency focused on natural gas and LNG in the Americas, primarily the U.S., Canada, and Mexico. Today we'll focus on NGI's top North American natural gas marketers rankings for the first quarter. Leading natural gas marketers collectively lost ground with sales volumes in the quarter, continuing a two-year trend of year-over-year declines. The uncertainty created by the coronavirus weighed on marketer efforts early this year, extending the long shadow of a pandemic that hindered activity through most of 2020. Prior to virus outbreaks in 2019, overall volume declines were largely the result of lower natural gas prices that limited some participants' desire to sell gas. However, higher prices and mounting demand could turn the tide this year. Domestic demand is steady as summer weather settles in and economic activity picks up following successful vaccination campaigns. European, Asian, and Mexican demand for US exports is also strong. I'm joined today by NGI's Patrick Rao, Director of Strategy and Research. He'll help us understand the latest results and look at what likely lies ahead. With that as a foundation, welcome, Pat. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate you having me. Great. Well, let's let's start by looking back for just a few minutes and explain to our listeners how the pandemic affected marketer results over the last several quarters. Could you talk walk us through that, Pat? Yeah, sure. I guess let me preface
1: it by saying that 2020 was the first down year for the U.S. natural gas market since 2005, or just before the shale revolution. And by that, I mean is that, you know, the country saw a year-over-year decline in both supply and demand last year. It's the first t- year in 15 years we've seen both of those things fall. They didn't fall too much, but they were down nevertheless. And really, this was largely result we think from COVID. And the biggest impacts from COVID were in the second and third quarters of last year. Interestingly, really, domestic consumption really hung in there. By that, I mean the Rescom industrial and power generation as a whole. And it looks like that second quarter of 2021, domestic consumption is really going to be flat as to what it was last year. What you really saw, though, the major impacts were on production and LNG exports. And uh, I have my own handy stat sheet here, but uh, you know, it looks like the, the, in the first quarter of last year, Lower 48 natural gas production was around 94, 95 BCF a day. That fell to 92 a day in the second quarter, and it was down to 89 or so in the third quarter, as we saw some shut-ins from the pandemic. And then from LNG exports, these really took the hit. I mean, we're looking at uh, uh, they fell from you know maybe closer to 9 or 10 in the second quarter of uh, The first quarter of the year to uh, more like six, six and a half in the second quarter, and then down to about four, four and a half in the third quarter. And that, of course, was because of all the the canceled LNG cargoes, which some pundits believe were about 180 canceled cargoes that we saw last year. So, really, the, the big drivers were
0: just reduced production and certainly low LNG exports. Right. Fair enough. Okay, so now with the success of vaccinations, it looks like we've potentially hit an inflection point in terms of the pandemic and economic activity that combined with early summer heat could bode well for marketers beginning this quarter and and into the second half of the year. Is that a logical assumption to make? Yeah, it's absolutely a logical assumption to make.
1: Although I guess I'd argue that the real delta between this summer and last summer is the summer heat that you mentioned, because again, I don't think that domestic consumption was really impacted all that greatly last year because of COVID. I mean, yeah, you saw some reduction in industrial demand, but remember that you know there was a lot of people who just simply weren't showing up to work, and they were working from home. So that shifted some of that lost demand from industrial over to the rescom sector. Uh, sector. So. From a pandemic standpoint, and the economy returning to normal, yeah, maybe something of a slight impact. But I think that the bigger impact will be from the early onset of heat, as you mentioned.
0: Okay, okay, and then expectations for um, near record heat in in July and August as well. That looks like uh, the overall cooling demand will be strong throughout the, the season.
1: That's right. And it's certainly going to be strong during a period where, you know, injections tend to, you know, we think storage injection could certainly be impacted by this. And, you know, gas storage is already below where it was last year. So that
0: just sets us up for a little bit more of a bullish winter, everything else being equal. Right. Right. Okay. So circling back to the rankings, the year over year comparisons should also get a boost because we will now be comparing improving 2021 levels to those from last year. Your thoughts on on just comparing this year to to last beginning with the second quarter? Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad I got my little handy stat sheet
1: here. You know, as I mentioned, again, again, I think it's really going to be LNG exports are the key driver here to year-over-year comparisons. And, you know, maybe to a little lesser extent – Production, but those are the two drivers. You know, to quantify this, you know, during here in this second quarter of this year, you know, we expect that LNG exports will average about 11 BCF a day. You know, that's something that we monitor every day in our little LNG uh, export tracker in our various publications. Uh, they were again more like six, six and a half in the second quarter of last year, and they were more four, four and a half during the third quarter of last year. I mean, we expected this current, you know, 10 to 11 BCF or DSR so run rate to continue throughout the year. So you're really going to be looking at some very strong year over year comps in the second and third quarters from the LNG side. On production, We expect that second quarter 2021 production in the lower 48 states, that should come in around 92 BCF a day. That's actually flat versus the second quarter of last year, but the third quarter of last year saw production drop to closer to 89 a day. and We would expect production to still come in around that 92 a day for the third quarter of 2021, so a positive impact there we're even getting a little contribution from Mexico. I mean, we see that the exports to Mexico are currently around seven bees a day, and that's about the average for the second quarter of this year. There were more like five to six bees a day a year ago at this time. So, a number of different reasons or areas where the year-over-year figures are setting themselves up well to benefit uh, second quarter rankings, everything else being equal. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Uh, so a lot of positives right now. Anything to be concerned about? Anything that any wild cards potentially?
1: No, that's that's a good question. And I wonder, and this is an open question really to the, the buying and selling community for natural gas is, is, has COVID caused a structural change in the buying and selling behavior and habits of market participants And what I'm really asking is, is that our players just not taking as much price risk in the day-to-day market these days? Just looking at the latest FERC 552 data for the year 2020, I mean it's very clear that the amount of fixed-price trading in the day-ahead market was down last year considerably, I mean close to 15% year-over-year last year, and we're seeing some year-over-year declines continuing into this year as well meanwhile we see that fixed price trades and basis deals for bidweek were up about 2 to 3% last year similarly you know the, the number of trigger deals that got done in our industry those reached a 10 year high last year you know trigger deals don't make a big portion of the whole market but you know what trigger deals allow traders to do is you know you, you settle on a volume and then you just have a window of time within which you want to uh, you know pull the trigger on a deal you know you you negotiate uh, maybe a basis differential or what have you, but you don't have to do it. You have a certain amount of time within which you can pull that trigger. Do both of these statistics does it just suggest that maybe more buyers and sellers are pushing their purchase decisions into you know, the, the monthly market, and they're just eschewing some of the day-to-day risk? Now, maybe that is because of just being physically away from offices makes it more difficult to engage in day-to-day trading maybe it's just a change in the attitude with respect to risk. Don't know. This is something that we're really going to be following and investigating in the months ahead. And, you know, we're going to be at a bunch of the LDC forums here coming up. And I'm sure that, you know, our folks will be talking to the market about just the very thing. Um, I guess I'd be remiss, though, if I didn't qualify this by saying is that, you know, we also think that there's been some tightening in credit standards for traders as a result of uh, winter storm URI and just some of the extreme prices that we saw there, it has just led risk managers, we think, to tighten their standards a bit. And that could be impacting some trades as well. So, that obviously has nothing to do with the pandemic. But it is another contributor to this overall theme that perhaps that risk attitudes and profiles and trading
0: behaviors have changed a little bit because of COVID. Okay. Interesting. So maybe looking a little bit longer term over the next few years or even the rest of this decade, what do you see as the the key drivers? Uh, I know we talked a lot about LNG. I I know that that'll be part of it, but maybe you could just walk us through what you think are are the key factors and and drivers for for the years ahead.
1: Yeah, thanks. I mean, I think, you know, certainly on the positive side, LNG is going to be the main driver in our view for growing the U.S. natural gas market in both the short and the long term. You know, shorter term, you got uh, Venture Globers, Global's, excuse me, Calcasu Pass facility. It should be online by the end of the year, as should Chenier Sabine Pass train number six. So that's going to boost our capacity. And current economics right now favor very strong U.S. export activity currently and through at least the next year. I mean, you've got gas prices that are in double digits in both Asia and Europe right now. And Europe is well behind where it normally is in terms of replenishing its storage balance right now. So uh, those are uh, key factors for U.S. LNG export demand. These are things that we track, by the way, every day in our LNG Insight publication. But just knowing that what the arbitrage spreads between U.S. LNG and prices in Europe and Asia and what uh, storage levels are in Europe are very important. Europe is the market of last resort when it comes to LNG exports because it has the most excess storage supply you know, outside of North America. So, you know, all domestic traders of U.S. natural gas should be aware of what's going on overseas. Uh, longer term... You know, we think that LG exports, you know, they represented about seven percent of U.S. demand in 2020, and we think that that can up to can could rise maybe closer to 15 percent by the end of the decade. Now that is going to require some. In more FIDs and some more facilities to be built, LNG export facilities in the United States. Uh, we don't have enough capacity now for that to happen, but we certainly expect to see some positive FID announcements domestically over the next few quarters. I guess on the, you know the downside of all that is just is you know what are re- the, the growth of renewables? How fast is this going to happen? How much share could this possibly take from U.S. Gas demand. You know, power generation was the biggest driver of gas demand in the United States over the last 20 years. But we do expect renewables are going to eat into that share. We expect that 10 years from now, the amount of gas burned for power consumption or production, rather, will be down from what it is today. It's just a question of how much and just how quickly will renewable standards come into play. And we've had a couple of well profiled issues of supply shortages in California, for example but maybe being a little bit too reliant on renewables. So will that dull the growth of renewables a bit? Huge question. Uh, But net net, we do expect that that's going to have something of a negative impact on U.S. net gas demand, but that's going to be more than made
0: up for, we think on the LNG side of things. Well, great. Appreciate the thorough analysis, Pat. With that, allow me to wrap up by noting that NGI presents this podcast to help our subscribers make more informed business decisions about markets. And the developments and news that drive them. To read our marketer coverage and more, please visit and subscribe to NGI at NaturalGasIntelligence.com. Thanks again, Pat, and uh, have a good, great day, everyone.